Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us today. Is this our first episode of the new year? Nope. It's really not? <laughs> nope. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. It's only the 11th. No. Today, right now, is January 11th. Yes, it is. Right. But this oh, one... oh, yes, last one, it was the 5th. It was not still December. Oh, okay, sad. Well, happy second episode of the new year. I was going to get very excited and celebrate, like, happy 2022, but now I am realizing we've done that already. This is true. But a happy actually 2022, because I'm pretty sure when we recorded the episode that came out on the 5th, it was not 2022. That is correct. So now it is actually 2022, and so I feel like the happy new year is more meaningful. <laughs> Everything about this podcast is happening in January 2022. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Therefore, it's a real happy new year because we are actually in the new year. Yes. Correct. Okay. Thank you. I feel better now. <laughs> Speaking of the new year, how's it been going for you, Jarrell? How are the first, how are the first 11 days of 2022? I was about to say 2021. Of 2022 been? Uh, they've been a struggle. Uh, as most people are probably aware of, Omicron has been everywhere. Um, so dealing with that has not been fun. Uh, I've also been dealing with allergies, which never used to be a thing in December and January. Um, but here we are. But yeah, trying to, there've been some good things too, but um, yeah, it hasn't on the whole, hasn't really been a great start to the year. And yeah, that's where I'm at. What about for yeah. you? I feel like that's the common sentiment. I have not spoken to a single person in this new calendar year who did not describe the first week of the month or the year, both, as being really chaotic. Yeah. I don't think I've met a single person who has felt settled or calm or ready. It feels like we're all just like scattering into the new year and just like you know, all frazzled. Like I'm thinking of like the cartoons with like all the things coming out of their head and like their hair is all messed up. Like that's everyone walking mm. into 2022. Yeah. So very common sentiment. Mm -hmm. Despite all of that, ironically, we want to talk about this idea of whether or not we're currently in a mental health crisis. And by we, I don't mean like Jarrell or I, <laughs> we are not. This is a very a different episode. <laughs> right. Like, that's a different topic. We are fine, generally speaking, but by we, I mean society in this country as a whole, because I think that's been a common sentiment recently, especially as we're dealing with the overall vibe of Omicron, which has felt different than, I guess, OG COVID. <laughs> what is, what was that called? Was it just like original COVID or was there like actually a variant name that we just didn't know because it was just original COVID? Yeah, there uh, there had to be a name, but we didn't, I don't think we got a name until Delta. Okay. Yeah. So there in theory was a name, but. Right. Because I'm just thinking of the Greek alphabet and I'm like. Alpha? Oh. Like it had, right? right? That would make sense. Alpha, beta? Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm but, like, if we're going in order, <laughs> there've been quite right. a few variants. We just haven't heard about them. <laughs> right. Well, cause they only tell you about like the variants of interest that matter right, or right name the variants of interest and then we only hear about the ones that are like really coming in hot sure 
So unlike original COVID and Delta, the vibe here is a little different. It's apathetic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say calmer because I don't know that people are calmer. I think everybody's no. frantic, but maybe people are frantic for a different reason. I think people are just sick of it. Yeah. which is understandable. And so I think it's just a lot of throwing up the hands and being like, well, it's milder. Well, a lot of people are vaccinated. Well, there are booster shots. And so I can't do this anymore. So I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and say, you know what, if I get it, I get it. Yeah. And as a result, it's really interesting to see the parallel between what's happening now and what happened in March and April of 2020. Because, and I can only speak for the New York case numbers, which I read and pay attention to religiously. You can debate whether or not that's healthy, but here we are. And the numbers are pretty similar to the spring of 2020. It's not that different. Um, the reason for that is, and um, we're just going to put it out there as kind of like a disclaimer, we don't think the vaccines aren't working. <laughs> the fact that it's not causing the severity of cases is a sign that the vaccines are working. I think the reason why we're seeing this, in fact, experts think, which is more important, the reason that we're seeing this is because Omicron is just that much more transmissible slash contagious. But the numbers are pretty similar. And yet the response is so different. Like people are just kind of shrugging a little bit and continuing with their lives. Like nothing's really closed. Individual things might be making their choice to close or reschedule. Like some Broadway shows have taken a hiatus or closed altogether. But like as an industry, for example, the theater district is open. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a very different response. And a lot of the defense of that, despite the high numbers is, well, we can't take precautions forever because we're in this mental health crisis and we're all losing our minds. Mm -hmm. Which coming from two therapists might surprise you is that, well, I'm gonna speak for myself first and then Gerald, you can chime in because uh, spoiler, I kind of know your take on this, but as a therapist, like it might feel surprising, but like, I actually think that's kind of bullshit. What's your take? Oh, I thought you were going to say more. No, that's <laughs> right it. At the gate. That's all I'm going to say for now. Okay. I'll say more later. Don't you worry. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think people are looking at things as being like mutually exclusive. Like either we get to like in, enjoy our lives, um, not worry about Omicron or have mental health challenges because we're isolated. And I'm like, this is, it is not that black and white. It's not that neat. Um, so I will stop just short of saying like it's BS, but we'll say like, it's like a really ridiculous idea. I feel like the Southern in you just came out. Yeah, it like, happened. I'm going to be a little nice. I'm going to be respectful. So that's nice. It's good. It's a good, it's a good contrast. Cause like, I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. Um, I actually, and the reason why I'm really annoyed by it is because I feel like mental health historically has been the go-to that people scream when they're uncomfortable or don't like a situation. Totally. And it's really abusive and really stigmatizing because there are people who are really struggling with their mental health. Like mm -hmm. this is not to discount an individual person whose mental health is suffering as a result of COVID and everything that comes with it. That's not what I'm saying is BS. 
but the way it's being framed is that I don't like this and therefore my mental health is in crisis. And because most of us don't like this, that means then there's a collective mental health crisis. No, (laughs) not liking something or being uncomfortable is not equivalent to a mental health crisis. It's equivalent to a bad situation that sometimes happens in life, unfortunately. And I think when we equate the two, like I said, it really minimizes people who are actually struggling and it kind of overshadows their experience to just be like, well, we're all dealing with a mental health crisis right now. And the person who's like really struggling with depression, for example, is like, okay, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this is different, right? It's not a mental health crisis. You're just not happy with the situation. And that's different than someone who's genuinely struggling. Yeah. Although I will say counterpoint is I do think we're in a mental health crisis, but not because of COVID. Okay, sure. Yes, that's true. And I will get to that. Um, This is a separate thing, but yeah. Yes. Globally speaking, yes, but I don't, or I'll actually, I'll counter your counterpoint. I think it is in at least loose relation to COVID, but not for the reason everyone thinks we are. So enough like spoiling of this or like teasing it, I'm going to actually say it. So people then jump to, we can't have any more restrictions and we can't live a COVID life because it's exacerbating this mental health crisis. And so just like throw the doors open, open everything. And like, you know, may the strongest immune system win. Ironically, it also, that attitude speaks to what we see often as therapists on like an individual level of being a problem when you do that, you're not actually dealing with what's causing your crisis or your issue. You're ignoring it. So just opening everything and saying, let's go to the movies. Let's go to the restaurant. Let's travel. Everything's open. See your friends. You know, if you get it, it's no big deal. COVID's still here. You're just kind of ignoring it at that point. Yeah. People who are often using, well, but the mental health crisis is a reason to just like reduce or eliminate restrictions are also the ones who are kind of refusing to solve the problem, Mm -hmm. like vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. So we can drive the numbers down. We'll Mm -hmm. actually help the mental health crisis because it will drive down the numbers. Like it won't be as likely that you'll get COVID. It won't be as likely that we'll go back and forth with this, right? Like social distancing protocols, Mm -hmm. mask wearing inside, at least for the time being, right? These are things that will stop or reduce the spread thus making it less of a threat, thus allowing people to take a collective deep breath. But people aren't doing that. They're just saying, well, we have to do, you know, we have to go back to normal because it's a mental health crisis. Well, you're actually ignoring the problem, not dealing with the problem. And to kind of translate that into a more like micro level mental health situation, that is basically the equivalent of someone who's like, I'm really distraught over the loss of a relationship, a job, someone passing away. And so I'm just going to go like drink and party every night. Right. Feels good in the moment, but at some point, like that's going to catch up to you and you're going to still have the problem until you truly deal with it. So like, that's where we're at with COVID, which is why it's funny that everyone's like, we have to open everything up and eliminate restrictions because of the mental health crisis where, but like, actually you're just kind of delaying the mental health crisis. You're extending it actually, because at some point this is going to have to be dealt with in one way or another, whether that's, we make this go on for longer or more people, unfortunately lose their lives to COVID thus creating more of a mental health crisis for their loved ones. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, to kind of wrap up that rant, I would just say, at least from my perspective, like really look at if you genuinely feel like we're having a mental health crisis as a result of COVID, don't ignore it. Deal with it head on, right? Like where are the resources? Where is the funding or support for people who want to seek services? Um, you know, and that's not even kind of touching the strain on our healthcare system, which would also create a mental health crisis for a lot of people involved if you're having a heart attack and the hospital cannot treat you. Right. Anything you'd add? Um, not to that point. I think that the thing that um, strikes me about this conversation and, and uh, uh, I think this is something you probably have thought about, or I know that you thought about and has been a part of the conversation online is that this whole um, framing as like, oh, we're in a mental health crisis, therefore we need to open things back up. We need to not close things. We need to not have any restrictions is incredibly ableist. That part. Um, and, and I say that because it, what essentially, I mean, these key figures that are speaking about this, essentially what they're saying, and you said as much earlier, Rachel, is that, um, well, um, most of us are going to be okay. So we're going to have fun. And then we'll just sacrifice the people who are at greater risk. We'll let Omicron do its thing. It'll continue to spread. It's inevitable. Um, and what they're really doing is actually saying that they're willing to sacrifice immunocompromised people, young children, the elderly, for the sake of being able to go to the movies. <laughs> and I mean, I, I kind of don't want to throw this on it, but I kind of do is like, that's sociopathic. It just yeah. is. And so I think it's like, we have to be able to have, because there are reasonable ways to address the concerns of the restrictions that continue to mitigate the risk to immunocompromised people. We've, done, we've, we've had examples of doing that already in this thing. So why can't we do that again? Because people are uncomfortable? Okay, be uncomfortable. Sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. Um, but and I, I think I said as much on, on my social media recently is that, you know, we talk a lot about, we try to talk a lot about community, yet uh, the messaging that's coming out of a lot of key figures about managing Omar Khan is putting key, other key members of our community at risk for the sake of being, being able to do things that we enjoy. And our enjoyment is not, uh, is not worth some risking someone's safety. And I think that's the thing that really bothers me the most about this conversation. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's, that's the crux of my problem with framing it in this mental health sort of thing. It's using mental health as an excuse, especially when like we only want to have conversations about mental health when it helps some people get what they want. Right. It's a very convenient rationale. Whereas, you know, therapists, disabled people, um, all these other people have been shouting, we need better mental health care, we need better access, we need resources, etc. And crickets, 
but now because you can't go to a concert, you want to talk about mental health. It's just a very ableist perspective. Especially because we're in a place now where everyone could go to a concert if there were widespread vaccine mandates. For or sure. Masking. And masking, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and masking only too, probably until the vaccine mandates take effect, right? right? It's kind of this idea that no one's saying we have to live this way forever. The reason right. we have to live this way forever in theory, or it seems that way, is because no one's actually doing the things that would make it so we don't have to live this way. And you're right. right. The fact that other people's solution is no vaccine mandates, no masks, are just like, let's sacrifice the group of people who are not in a position of privilege to just say, I'm a wander around and if Omicron gets me, I'll be fine. Right. That's what I agree with you is just madness. I mean, it's horrific. Right. That's their solution. Not vaccine mandates, like, but we're going to sacrifice the groups of people you just mentioned. Oh, okay. That's, that's sociopathic. Right. Because, right. Right. Well, and that's why, like, I kind of hesitate to say that, but when I really think about it, it's like, because then right behind that, right, the real message underneath that, that no one will say because they don't have the, you know what? is that they don't think of disabled people or immunocompromised people as valuable as other people. Right. And that's why they're willing to sacrifice people with these conditions, with these limitations, with these restrictions, because they don't believe that those people have the same value as the quote unquote healthy people. Which and is like also that, pretty crazy because that group is bigger than I think most people think. A hundred percent. Not to mention... It's really crazy how in 2020, everybody was doing like the 7 p.m. cheer, at least here. I think it spread to other cities as well. And like healthcare Mm -hmm. providers were our heroes and my God. And now you're hearing healthcare providers be like, look, the hospitals are overrun. The system is overloaded. We are exhausted. We are getting sick ourselves. It's not sustainable. Can you please make temporary adjustments to your lives so we can get this surge under control and everyone's like no yeah i mean listen i'm i'm a little plugged into like medical twitter um medical twitter i follow so many er doctors right this is what i'm I'm saying like (laughs) doctors people who work in hospitals and and that sort of stuff it's just like i'm high-key afraid that we're not gonna have enough doctors, nurses, hospital staff, clinic staff, and not because of vaccine mandates, but because they are going to be burnt out, um, they're gonna leave the profession, or that they are going to die, or that their future people are going to be disinterested in entering the fields in which they really see has dropped in social value over the past couple of years. Because we don't trust science. We don't trust doctors anymore on the whole. Yep. And, And, you know, not to mention, but this is maybe a little off topic, but speaking of things that could potentially cause a mental health crisis, 
a lot of what people are seeing is that hospitals are reporting they have to cancel elective procedures because of the COVID surge, right? And, right. you know, just to clarify what the data is showing, it's that it's not severe cases or not as severe cases or as many severe cases, but it is more cases. Right. So instead of being overrun with like all of these crazy immediate medical emergencies, they're just overrun with by the sheer number of people. And when they say that hospitals are canceling elective surgeries, I think most people, and I don't know why people don't clarify this more, like mm -hmm. I want to scream this from the rooftops, but I think what most people think of is like plastic surgery right? or, you know, I want like a optional ankle replacement, right? Like something where you're like, oh, you know, this is just going to improve my quality of life, which like, I don't even want to minimize that. That's not all that that means. Mm -hmm. It means any surgery you don't need on this day, because if you don't right. have it, you will drop dead immediately. Right. So non-emergent that aren't emergent, right? right? Like you're not in cardiac arrest, but you right. might be like locked in the hospital because you can't leave because your heart doesn't work, right? Um, some type of, any type of cancer surgeries that are not immediate. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of orthopedic surgeries count as that. So there could be somebody who's like torn their ACL in a million pieces, but they can't get it fixed because that's considered elective. Cause like, technically you won't die. If like all of your knee ligaments are in pieces, you'll just wish you could die. Right. Things like that are all considered elective surgery. Yeah. And so there are people who are really, really struggling without medical care mm -hmm. that they need, not because they'll drop dead without it, but that they need for their, what now? Mental health that they're not getting. A mental health crisis to me is not, oh my God, I have to wear a mask to go to a movie theater or like I have to cancel my hundred person gathering. A mental health crisis is somebody sitting there in like immense pain that can't get the medical procedure they need because the emergency room in the hospital is overrun with COVID patients. Right. It, That's it a could, Yeah, the situation could become urgent for other reasons than their initial injury or issue. Right. That's yeah. a crisis because if nothing else, even if you're just sitting there in a ton of pain, anybody who's been in that situation can tell you it's not great for your mental health. Like no one's doing well mentally if that's the case. Right. And so that's another way that we can prevent a mental health crisis. But unfortunately it would make people uncomfortable. And I feel like you can see this trend that we're going with. Mm -hmm. And on that note, kind of another side problem with this is that a lot of people are also, you know, we've talked about immunocompromised people, young children, the elderly, et cetera, um, frontline workers. We're talking also in general, even just for people who don't fall into any of those categories as very much like, well, you'll get Omicron. And if you're vaccinated and boosted, like you're not going to die. And I'm always so baffled as to how we live in with just those two extremes. Right. Well, I'm not going to die. Well, okay, well, what about your quality of life? Right. Talk to anybody who has had long COVID and they're alive, but I bet there are days they wish they weren't. Right. That's a mental health crisis. And we don't talk about that enough. And sure, mm -hmm. you know, these variants that have coming up are maybe less severe and maybe less at risk for that. But I also think it's really reasonable for a person, even if they don't have, you know, a high risk category to still say, well, but I don't want to just be alive or not, right? Like I yeah. want to be thriving, not just living. 
And so I don't want to get anything that would potentially take away my ability to live my best life, right? Like, and that is a mental health problem that we think of the world that way. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just about, are you here or are you not? It's also about what is your quality of life while you're here? And there are a lot of different areas of our society that doesn't actually address quality of life, just rather like, can you sustain your basic biological functions? But that's okay if that's a concern, right? It's actually mm-hmm. a concern for most of us. We just don't talk about it enough. Yeah. So that's another factor, whereas not taking COVID mitigation methods are actually increasing a potential mental health crisis as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. All of that's being said, we're not just going to rant. Here are some actual tips and things you can do other than like overhauling the U.S. government, which like for the record, I'm not encouraging anyone to stage a coup. We've had that already. And that was, right. a, that was stressful. That created a mental health crisis. So please don't sure do that. Did. <laughs> but in your personal life or kind of in your little um, circle or world that you live in, you know, what can you do keeping all of this information in mind? I would be really mindful of the people around you who are maybe taking additional precautions or have changed or adjusted in some way, um, you might not actually know what's going on for them. You know, maybe if you're really close with them, you might know their medical history or what's happening, but also you could not. And they don't need to defend themselves to you by disclosing personal information in order for you to not judge their choices. So if there's somebody who you want to hang out with, but they're like, you know what, um, partying like it's January, 2021, and I'm not really doing much until this is done. Maybe just say, okay. The language around the mildness of Omicron isn't helpful. And like Jarrell said, is actually really ableist. And you're not really ever hundred percent sure what someone's situation is. So I would definitely check that and be mindful of that. Um, sounds very simple, but follow any mask mandates, rules, suggestions that a establishment has, like, don't be an asshole. Just put the mask on your face if that's what's required. Or if you really don't want to, then don't patronize the business. And I would say third, you know, do what you can to stop the spread. Like that's a tagline. And like, I understand that it's probably not realistic to think that people are going to lock down, nor should they like it was two years ago, but maybe scale back a little bit because the healthcare worker crisis is real. Like that's a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. What's going on amongst healthcare workers. And if you're genuinely concerned about stopping a mental health crisis in the society, start there. Do what you can to ease the burden on healthcare workers. And that might mean staying home even when you don't want to. And know that this is in theory, it's temporary. It's a surge, right? Surges don't last forever. So in the meantime, like do your part because that right there is a legitimate professional signed off on mental health crisis. Yeah. And I would just say like more, um, this is a bit more broad, uh, but just the general paradigm and perspective of humbling yourself to listen to people who are at greater risk um, and just try and really digest what they're saying. Like, don't, don't read the headlines, but like talk to people, read what people are writing, not what commentators are writing or saying, not what public figures 
um, people who get paid to be public figures, what they're saying, but just humble yourself to listen and read what actual people who are at risk, at higher risk than you are saying, because we're all at risk. Um, but for the people um, who are at higher risk, humble yourself to listen to those people and what they're saying. What are they afraid of? What do they think is makes the most sense? Because I think with within those conversations, they can be really insightful mm-hmm. um, and in, in, inform your, your perspective to be a bit more compassionate and practical. That's all. Yeah, that's a good one. And I would say more broadly as well. Ask yourself when you think you're appropriate to call something a mental health crisis, like ask yourself, is your mental health really suffering or, or are you just uncomfortable? A mental health crisis is not being uncomfortable. Right. We can maybe do an entirely different podcast episode on what that actually entails, but I can tell you it's not being uncomfortable and it's not disliking a situation. It's very different. It's a mental health crisis is kind of the equivalent of a medical emergency. So just make sure that you're not abusing that and throwing it out just to use it as like a blanket excuse for why you should never have to do anything you don't particularly want to do. Um, Because as we said earlier, it's pretty stigmatizing and again, also pretty ableist. So keep in mind your language around that as well. If you would like to help fight the cause. Thank you for listening. We hope you are staying safe and staying calm. The good news is the numbers have some signs of hope, at least Mm -hmm. here in New York City. So maybe the next time we talk to you, this will be a really different situation. But either way, um, stay safe, do your part. And we thank you for listening and hope you will join us again next time. New episodes every other Wednesday. Bye.